welcome to the Not Watching Podcast. My name's Rob Howard, and today I'm joined by... Marcus Hurley. Okay, uh, yeah, so it's got to that time of year again. Um, well, it's all my, well, we're kind of quite away into 2024, but this is kind of always the way, because it takes time to get through our uh, our top tens or fives of the year, um, so we need to give it the space it deserves. And, yeah. Exactly. Thought, so, thought process, you know, time to mull over digested the year that's been and everything else and you know yeah all the entertainment morsels that we've dined on or snacked on or whatever not sure where the analogy's going but i'll stop there but yeah <laughs> yeah i mean there's plenty of decent films out this year probably not as many as usual but um yeah the cinema's definitely back in the swing of things um and although i think a lot of films actually got pushed to next year because of the writer's strike um actors and writers weren't available to uh, promote a lot of stuff so um, stuff like June 2 I'm thinking you know like that's that, that was supposed to come out in November yeah um, yeah and I don't know I think I think like Marvel's probably suffered a little bit as a result of pushing everything onto um, Disney Plus yeah. and just saturating the audience really um, with all of this IP stuff Um I think people have kind of got a bit sick of it. It's yeah, they've they, the thing is they the, I reckon the machine of that has not factored into account that we've been watching Marvel stuff for 10 years now. And yeah. it's kind of like it could have taken a break. I think they should have taken a break. Well, they're having one now because they've uh, got no the, choice. <laughs> yeah, the, the only Marvel film out next year is Deadpool 3. Hmm. So, they've got no choice and DC's having a bit of a sort of yeah. change of leadership as well so and we just had the last thank fuck Snyderverse film come out uh, Aquaman to no great fanfare yeah. <laughs> it's been very much I feel sorry for him because I thought Momoa was really good in the role I thought it was I thought you know Aqua Dude I thought that actually made Aquaman cool uh, yeah. but also kind of a bit dweeby and he needed to learn and everything you know, Aqualad or whatever, but uh, all the, all the yeah. memes and jokes aside, I actually thought he was a really good choice for it. And I, I thought the first film was kind of solid in places. It, you know, yeah, all goes superhero that. silliness, but it's like, yeah, but too much Yeah, I mean, I'll probably, I'll probably will check it out at some point. I'm just not really in any great hurry. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. So, uh, we, we going we've got a, Yeah, we've got a lot to get through here. So, uh, so we're going to start off with our... Top 10 movies of 2023. Okay. Uh, I'll let you do the honours first, if you want, Marcus. What's your number 10? Okay, my number 10 is... Uh, oh, wait. Just double-checking it, because I thought I had one on here. Okay, yeah, my, my number 10 is uh, Megan. Oh, Child's Play. Yeah. Um, only because... <laughs> it's odd, because basically Megan and Cocaine Bear were fighting for that spot. Co- oh, they right, both yeah. do different things and they do them well for me. Cocaine Bear was just, it's a great film. Like, it doesn't outstay its welcome. It's so gory. It's Splatterhouse. It's utterly, utterly ridiculous. The premise of it is ridiculous. The, the campiness of the whole film, but it just makes you smile. And as a piece of entertainment, I can't really argue with it. I watched it and it's like, I could watch that again. It wouldn't be cult that I'd repeat watch it multiple times, but. God, it was a lot of stupid fun that film was. Whereas mm-hmm. Megan tread a lot of beats similar to Child's Play. Uh, Child's Play, the um, latest remake version, uh, which I thought was unfortunate in its case because it felt like that film stole some of its thunder. Um, very similar concept of learning and, and, and sort of twisting through various things. But I don't know, I really liked some parts of it. I thought Megan was really cool. And and I think it was more to do with the way that it, the film was insidious as well and the way they marketed it was really good. Like it would pop up in certain things. It took over the uh it took over the Cineworld Twitter for a while and was like oh, yeah. changing bits and pieces on there and little insidious things for like a month after it. So which is outside of the outside of the film itself, but I found the film itself to be really quite solid. Last act falls down, which a lot of horror films suffers from but it feels a little bit rushed like after all the build-up but man it was definitely some creepy moments and like what the fuck moments which is what you want from a nice sort of horror thing involving essentially a high-tech creepy doll <laughs> yes i i heard it was like a bit of an update like with the with like you 
sort of like use it, putting AI and stuff yeah. you know, together but, with but the like problem Child's was, Play. The last Child's Play film, the updated one they did with Mark Hamill doing the voice, did, mm. did, did a similar thing. It's basically a learning oh, doll. Right. So, yeah. so once that was kind of, once you realised that, it kind of took something away from it. It's yeah. almost like one of the legs fell out from under this film, which is why it kind of was fighting for its spot. Um, because whilst if I hadn't seen the new Child's Play one, I'd be like, that's really good. And it would make me think of, oh, imagine I did that with a good guy doll. But the fact yeah. that they had, and they did it so well. Um, and it, yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's my number 10. Cool. All right. Uh, well, uh, my number 10, I wouldn't say it's that enjoyable. Um, <laughs> I'll just say here, right, I, I think like my top sort of three is pretty nailed on. Yeah. Although I keep changing it. The rest of them are, are sort of not really in any... Yeah. I keep juggling them around, basically. So, But this is where it's at now. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I have to snapshot this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, so, yeah, my number 10 is Bo is Afraid, which is the new film by Ari Aster, who did Midsommar and... Uh, the one Lovely. where her head comes off, where um, um, her head, hereditary. Yes, <laughs> yeah, her head hit a tree. Hereditary, yeah. Um, so yeah, this one stars Joaquin Phoenix as this guy who's just suffering from crippling anxiety, um, and he's trying to basically get out of his flat to go and visit his mum, but where he lives is like one of the you know rings of hell. Um, there's just he walks. It's all like an exaggeration. It's like it's going on in his head, really. But like he goes to his flat and it's like people screaming, cars on fire, like because it's just I think it's all just a metaphor for the fact that he ca- he's like really can't deal with crowds and stuff. Yeah. But it's it, it's fucking weird. Um, it's really w- weirdly structured and it, it kind of goes off. On, it just you just sort of follow him just going from place to place. And it go, takes a few weird left turns nice. here and there. And and um, yeah, it's just just really cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's my number 10. Nice. Uh, what's your number nine? My number nine goes uh, more family friendly and uh, is, I don't know, I feel a bit sad after watching this film. I mean, it wasn't, I wouldn't say that the franchise, the mini franchise was the best, but I thought it, in terms of family sort of family superhero films, I thought they were quite good. Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Oh, right, okay. Because Only because watching it, it reminded me of watching like, this is what, if they made a superhero film in the 80s, with the graphics they could do now, they would come up with this. Um, and like it felt it felt very inoffensive. It felt good. Had some real danger, some real horrible moments. People died. People got murdered. So you know that was advanced from the eighties and stuff like that. But oh yeah, I was surprised, and it, it did make me a bit sad because that whole bit. To be honest, I kind of feel the Shazam side of the DC universe does what DC were trying too hard, too hard to do. Um, it. It is a little bit funny, a bit comedic. Shazam's a bit of a joker, you know. His it, The jokes don't fall too flat or anything like that or feel forced because he's a bit of a bit of a whatever. Yeah. But I just thought it just felt so much better. And he tried, and you know, when it got better, it got better. There was some, one bit that, um, there was one bit where the person had him pinned against something and they were essentially doing the, the force sort of style, picking up rubble to launch into him. And, 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 you know, and he looked at it and uh, it made me kind of think, why has no one ever done that? He basically went, they basically went, yeah, you've never faced a guard. And then he goes, oh, but yeah, you've never had super speed. And he basically swapped places with the person lobbing the thing at him yeah. <laughs> to the point where she just lobbed it at herself. And I was thinking, that's a very good point, but um, but no, it was one of those films where by the end of it, I, I genuinely was like, yeah, I enjoyed that, and I feel if I walk away from a superhero film thinking I enjoyed that rather than trying to nick pit holes and think, oh, if only they'd done that, if only they'd done that, and that's why for me it sits quite comfortably as number nine because it doesn't do anything utterly, utterly amazing, but it's a good solid film. And it was a good solid character and a little bit extras and stuff like that. And hinting back to Black Adam and, and hinting back to Superman, which is no more. And it's going to be dissolved because, you know, it's it's basically been Thanos snapped. So it was the end of an era and I thought it was quite nice. He does say he is going to be cherry picking some stuff. I think Blue Beetle is going to be in the... Okay. In the new I think continuity. if he doesn't keep Shazam, it'll be a mistake. Because I think the guy who plays him, plays him really well. And the way they've got it set up and the way that it, this film particularly ends, it kind of just, 
expands. It felt it's a bit Spielberg, you know, with the family sort of message and everything in there. And, you know, it does cover some more adult sort of themes and stuff to do with life and bits and pieces to do with adoption and other things. But, but it, you know, and, but it also had a little bit of risk and a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of threat and stuff. I just thought it was a good solid film all around. Cool. Yeah, yeah. no, I like the first one. I yeah. uh, haven't got around to this one yet, but uh, hopefully we'll soon. Um, my number nine is um, another three-hour monstrosity uh, that got kind of lost in the shuffle, I think, around Oscar time last year. It has remained in my top ten. I do this kind of all year long. I keep a running chart. Uh, but this one has hung around in there all year. And that this film is Babylon, um, the latest film by Damien Chazelle, who did like... Um, La La Land and Whiplash and okay. stuff. Okay, nice. Um, but, and this is uh, all about like the excesses of early Hollywood. Uh, and it's basically God. a fucking like fever dream, <laughs> cocaine fueled nightmare with Margot Robbie playing like some young starlet. Uh, Brad Pitt's in there, uh, Gene Smart, Olivia Wilde. It's, it's absolutely like chocker, uh, stacked cast, yeah. you know. Um, and it's it's like a real sort of love letter to Hollywood, um, which I, I I just I'm just really into all that yeah, sort of the golden old, era old. style Hollywood, isn't it? Like um, yeah. yeah yeah yeah, and they're all just completely fueled by cocaine, and they, and there's scenes of like <laughs> amazing. They're, they're, they're all there's scenes of them just like doing all these massive like because it was the silent movie era, and and you've got them doing um, like these epic shots with like thousands of extras. And they're, they're all like, and they, they, it's like they're drunk on power, you know. And at the end <laughs> yeah. of the day, all these scenes, they were all done with this shit little camera. And and it would be like in a little square silent movie with captions. But um, yeah, it's where it all began. Oh, and Toby Maguire shows up in a sort of weird cameo role as this horrible, slimy, like completely emaciated, like hor- horror, you know. Um <laughs> Like quite late on in the film, it reminded me a bit of Boogie Nights. Okay. I don't know if you've seen that yeah. and the way that kind of goes. Yeah. You know, the guy where he's got the gun and his dressing gown. Yeah. It's got that. It's it's got that sort of like meandering sort oh, of God, structure, yeah. but it's just it's just like, yeah, this is just not ever ending. This film it would seem. Uh, <laughs> buckle <Nice>. up. <laughs> um, but yeah, nice. no, I, like, I really really rated that. Um, yeah, your number eight. Okay, my number eight is um, the return of a well, it's the, the sequel to a, a remake of a of a horror film, <laughs> Evil Dead Rise. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I saw this one. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was creepy. I thought it did so much, and putting it inside a flat with occasional shots outside through the doorway and stuff like that. I just thought it just gave me a sense of oh god. What you're not not just get out, <laughs> just get out of the building, yeah. you know. Um, and it's just like lots of people, and you kind of think, Oh, what's going to happen to all of them? And it had all of the tropes, but it just delivered them nicely. And it just felt, I felt quite another one where I kind of ended that and went, Oh, yeah. And it was like a nice little loop as well, kind of thing. And I was just like, I quite enjoyed that. And it's just, yeah, I, I, I just felt it was, it was quite a good, it was quite a nice horror film. Um, gory and creepy in places, lots of cracky bones and weird walking around and, oh, you know. Cheese grater. Yeah, that horrible oh, snapping the turkey so leg good. bone noise and stuff, just like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's al- it's almost a bit of a, it's not really what you expect from the trailer at all because, no. like, all of the sort of Cabin in the Woods stuff is just like a prologue. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert, it's been out all year. Uh, yeah. but and, and also that uh, main the main character Alyssa Sutherland she was Queen Elslag in Vikings mm. and she's a beautiful like striking mm. looking woman but but you like, mess really, her up yeah yeah and she give her that, fucking... that smile that um oh, speaking of which smile yeah. almost made it in in this place but I have not I just, I've heard of that but I just felt that this was this was genuinely creepier and and had me kind of get that horror goosebumps going where you're like yeah. <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> watching it in the dark and just like you find yourself making that noise you know it's done yeah. well um but yeah no I can't really say too much about it because it's a stand, you know it's it's a horror film it does what it does but I really liked it it was good yeah, I wonder where they'll go next with Evil Dead because it's almost like they're anthologising it, really, because yeah. they seem like not related. And I don't, 
know if this is like the start of a trilogy. I mean, not, there's I not really say, many I would say it would be a safe bet to do that, and it would be a nice way to do it because then you kind of span it off. Because I think the first remake was supposed to be a sequel to the first Evil Dead, because you see uh, Ash's car yeah. outside. Not not Evil, because Evil Dead Two is the remake of the first one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, weird, that. so the first Evil Dead, he stays in the house and he just loses his mind and eventually dies or whatever. So that's why his car is still outside in the remake. Yeah. So oh, I guess right. this is kind of unless that counts as the first one in these two are the trilogy. <laughs> but I would, yeah, I would, I would probably dude. say that we'll get a third film out of it. I reckon we would. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. So where are we now? Uh, uh, number number set. Number eight. So my number eight is um, No One Will Save You, which came out. At, it, it went straight onto Disney Plus, I think. It's like this year's Prey. Okay. Um, and this one, uh, basically, it's it's um, the, 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 the sort of gimmick of this, really, is basically this, this girl lives in a house on her own and there's no dialogue at all. Um, she goes into town and people won't talk to her she's something wrong she's done something Um, and then aliens come down and invade the house holy shit so it's kind of like a quiet place mixed with signs yeah yeah pretty much (laughs) that sounds awesome I have to check that out so it's it's on Disney Plus um, yes yeah check it out it's Kate Caitlin Deaver is in it the girl from Booksmart and justified she was in as well. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, not really anyone else. <laughs> but it's got some really great, like, uh, set piece kind of um, almost Spielbergian, you yeah. know, like in in the in the construction of these set pieces. It's not a long film, no, um, it's good. but it's got a cool like message to it and kind of resolves. I, I thought the ending was quite on point. Nice, um, but it's it's like a really stripped down, sort of basic kind of. Uh, action horror basically yeah. yeah it's really good um yeah does a lot with very little yeah they're okay. the best ones like i still think one of my favorite horror films is host the one that was filmed during lockdown on the cams yeah uh, that was that yeah. was amazing yeah <laughs> like, that was think, brilliant. how the hell do you get to do that and that was yeah. that just blows so many out of the water it was just yeah definitely <laughs> but yeah. all right right um, my number seven s- yeah is um dungeons and dragons honor amongst thieves Ah, yes. I saw this at the cinema. Yeah, I saw this on TV. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it just shows, isn't it? Stuff comes out the same year now. So, like the release in the cinema, and then, it, you know, it's a few months' time, it's getting quicker and quicker. Oh, yeah, to be yeah. Available. It's not long. It's like six weeks, I think, <laughs> yeah. now. It's crazy. Um, yeah. Oh, I really loved it. Um, I thought it was such a charming film. Um, I don't have huge amounts of uh, knowledge of D&D, so a lot of the jokes and things, I think, flew past me. But <laughs> I loved it. And the ones I did get, I was like, yeah, that's funny. And then there was stuff as well that catered to me, and I was just like, yeah, that's funny. That's cool. That's great. And seeing Chris, it was Chris Pine, wasn't it? Just yeah. in his element, just still being Kirk-esque, but like Kirk the Bard. <laughs> kind of like, yeah it was so yeah. nice i just thought the cast were really like actually charming i was i was kind of inadvertently waiting for the irritating one to show up but i don't remember Ooh. there being an irritating well, one which was, was one, nice no. exactly They're, they always mess it up by having one that's slightly irritating but yeah yeah no there wasn't any and the world was amazing and the story and the action and everything and ah, oh, yeah it just it just made me think this is fun. Why not have more? And there have been some horrendously shit Dungeons and Dragons films that have come out in the past yeah. with the title. So I'm glad that there's one that's actually really good and fun to kind of tip that scale the other way. Yeah, I think I think uh, this was in my top ten for quite a while. Um, honestly, it was one of the best films of the summer. I I thought, um, but it fell down. Um, that's all right. Yeah. But, but but that's only because um, I well I don't know why quite why actually, um, but. The uh, yeah, I think what's great about this film is that it really kind of approached the license in the way that it should have. Like you know, it took it for a fun sort of thing. That's yeah, and it didn't take itself too seriously. No, it felt the, like you were watching the game. Yeah, like you felt like you were taking part in a game, which I thought was really clever because that's essentially yeah. the essence of it, isn't it? <laughs> I particularly like the bit where because the bit where they use the raised dead spell on the on the guy, and it's like. <laughs> 
yeah. he gets to say five things and then dies. Yeah. Or goes back to dead. Um, but I thought that that was, that was particularly funny. Also, the fat dragon um, yes. <laughs> subverted that se- sequence amazingly. That's what I think it was so funny about it, was that it constantly was, up, you know, sort of almost t- t- taking the vic out of itself. Um, and, and it was, yeah, really good cast. I, I, Hugh Grant gives good villain, I yeah. thought. Yeah. It's almost yeah, like no. you need to play certain roles for a while until you build up enough, like, points. And then you kind of go, I feel like playing a villain. And you don't realise you've built up the XP through probably <laughs> being in the industry to kind of just challenge enough villain. <laughs> yeah, I think... Like... <laughs> Yeah, uh, Hugh Grant's definitely like got got his chops there for yeah. sure. Uh, he's he's currently playing a Oompa Loompa in the new Wonka film. Oh God, I've heard, mm. which is doing amazingly well. But, oh really? Wow. Yeah. Well, it's a the thing is right. Uh, it's a musical, but like in disguise, people won't they won't advertise it as one because people hate them. Mm. Like, but apparently it is. Okay. Go go go. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, What's your mine, number seven? My number seven is, uh, where are we? Oh, uh, it's another horror, When Evil Lurks. Um, Again, another is... one for the poster I've seen, but I can't remember. No, I didn't see it. Huh. Yeah, I believe the poster has uh, what looks like uh, someone uh, cutting their own head off with an axe. I think, yeah. And I didn't realise that's what it was, but then I saw the poster and I was like, oh yeah, that's... I guess that was totally in the marketing all along. Um, <laughs> yeah. Why am I so horrified by this? But I suppose like when it's the non-silhouette version of it, um, yeah, it's pretty disturbing, really. Yeah. Sometimes oh, a lot of them change the uh, the thumbnail image, depending on whether you've seen it and also mm. how far. Because I noticed on Netflix, Hill House does that. So as you go through watching the episodes, the thumbnail that's shown can change. And sometimes it won't spoil bits until you've gone past a certain episode. It's really yeah, weird. Yeah. Like I don't know if they bother doing that much, but yeah, no, I don't know much yeah. about that one. But yeah, so it's Spanish, um, and essentially um, these two brothers kind of go to this house, and there's this um, there's this woman is like, oh, please, they haven't come to kill my son yet, and you're like, what? It's and you go in, and they go. She takes him into the bedroom, and this, and he's basically like this pustulant sort of sack of globule like slime and like bodily fluids like looks like he's almost sort of melting a bit and he's just like kill me kill me and it's really horrible um but the problem is is if if you if you have any malicious intent to a person that is infected with this evil it just gets worse so it's like so hardcore concept and i wouldn't be at all surprised if this gets remade into English, because wow. it's it's a it's a it's it's one of these where you know we're not there's no happy endings in this film. Is it a Korean it's one or a Scandi horror? Sp- Spanish. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. They're, they're... Yeah. They don't fuck around. <laughs> no. So um, yeah, and I, I thought it was like it's, it, they could very easily um, like franchise the fuck out of this mm. concept. Like it's it's absolutely asking for it. I'm, I I will not be at all surprised. You'll get a message from me in a few weeks going, look, I told you. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't stop, uh, you know, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't not watch this one because I, I think, I think, I don't think they could ever come close to how grim this is. It's really, really, really nasty. I don't know. I um, think the return of sort of proper rated art horror films would be nice. You know, instead yeah. of getting sanitised down to a 15 or something. Well, this one is a 15. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's a Spanish 15. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which basically we don't swear means in like, it. We get away with so much horrible violence, but we don't swear. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. And I think, I don't know if, I mean, it is quite graphic, but just the sort of the setups and payoffs are like just so wrong. Um, and they just make you kind of cringe and like, you know, it's all, a, it's a bit psychological. Um, so kind of reminds me of one of the shows I watched on my list so we'll get to that probably if we do a film and TV one or whatever or maybe in another podcast we'll go yeah. around to it but um, yeah no it sounds cool was it Where Evil Lurks When When Evil when Lurks When Evil Lurks okay yeah to check that out yeah I, yeah I think you're quite digging it both of you 
Um, yeah, all right. No, uh, number six. My number six is decidedly a lot fluffier than that. Um, <laughs> deals deals with uh, some dark, dark-ish subject matters, you know, yeah. um, aloneness and stuff like that, and not being able to tell secrets across the Spider Verse. Oh right, took yeah, me okay. by surprise. Um, I hadn't actually watched it earlier, um, and I realised mm. I hadn't. Um, so I, I did a sort of back-to-back rewatch of the original again because I hadn't watched that in ages. I'd only seen it twice. This, then, this one took a little while to come out actually on on like off the cinema because yeah. it it did so well hmm. and they normally keep them on a bit longer when they do if people keep going yeah so. no no I wasn't expecting it to be as long runtime either it was over two hours two hours eleven minutes I don't know it's it is very long it's, and it's I've, only it's only half a film as well yeah I know that surprised me how have I, how did I not know that <laughs> yeah uh, that's that's pretty much um, what. Um, I didn't enjoy about it was the yeah. fact that it was leaves you hanging, yeah, or swinging, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I see what you mean. I was surprised because when it all kicked off, where and and God applause to them for doing the ultimate version of the Spider-Man meme. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, goes, I think catch. Stop Spider-Man. Who? Him? 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 And the camera's just panning out. And it's just thousands of them all pointing at each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there like, are... I was just at that point. I was just like... You, you can do that in the new game because you, yeah. you meet the other one and you can click on them and they do that. <laughs> the pointing nice. thing, yeah. But yeah, um, you got to do that whilst it's still relevant because it is Spider-Man. If you don't do the Spider-Man meme in a Spider-Man media, then something is wrong with you. But... Yeah. Um, no, I, I really enjoyed some parts of it. Um, I really thought it was... I thought it was a bit more... It felt a bit more like more of the same at the start. Mm. And then, quickly, I was like, oh, the spot, I remember him from the cartoon. Yeah, And he was yeah. just a bit of a joke. Then he started getting more malevolent. His 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 story arc reminded me of... Um, it's weird, weird analogy, but his, his story arc reminded me of, of the Riddlers in the Gotham TV series. He okay. starts off quite charming, but a bit timid. And then yeah. he just starts, you see barks of the real psychosis kicking in. And then when he actually turns full Riddler, it's freaky. Like the mm. same guy's there, but he's a twisted approximation of it. And he, and you see the similar things with this. He starts off kind of like, he's clearly doing bad things, but he doesn't seem to see or care that he's doing it or he justifies it to himself. Mm. And then he just, without giving too much away, he just start, becomes uber villain like i will just end everything <laughs> and you're just i'm just like what the fuck are they gonna do <laughs> like um yeah i thought the spot stuff was cool because it yeah. was like um it was like portal yeah you know yeah. and you can do so much fun stuff with that concept and then they just kept making it worse and scarier and more and more and you were like what? yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it was pretty good actually i'd like to give it another look maybe mm. um i definitely will I think when the when the final one comes out and that's not happening anytime soon no. because of all the animators yeah. kicking off and that. Um, but when that does, I would I would like to do all of it like in one go. I can kind of I can kind of see together. the crazy work because uh, at the start of it, when you go to Gwen's world, it's kind of the same style as the Morales, the main core style of the whole show, but it's got an yeah. extra layer of like the watercolor layer to it. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like you just look and think that looks really beautiful, but really kind of melancholy. And and you think, oh, Jesus, how I know computers can do a lot of it, but animating that must be an absolute pain. And yeah. then just like then you hear that, and you kind of go, I understand. Like, <clears throat> I've seen it. Like <laughs> you know, even doing it through a computer, just <laughs> all of the points and everything, and directing it and and animating it through a computer you can only do so far. But the computer can only do what you're planning it to do, and yeah. it's just so much going on in it. It's so cool, so many twists as well. Anyway, yeah, it's my um, it's one number six. Um, okay, um, yeah, cool, good choice. Uh, number six for me is another fucking horror film. <laughs> Um, you like it's, me what's happened yeah well <laughs> I know I've become really twisted in my old age and I don't know what it is I think they just I think they just some of these are so fucked up that they just stay stay in the memory you know yeah and it's and I find it challenging and unique and it's like if that it's like I've never seen that before no. how the fuck did they come up with that idea yeah. so so anyway my number six is infinity pool which oh, is uh, we're gonna watch that we haven't seen that yeah. yet it's on the list yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's it. fucked up. Uh, yeah, it's uh, so I, well. I won't go into too much details. Um, I, I have mentioned it before already, but yeah, so it's uh, Brandon Cronenberg's the son of David Cronenberg. Oh God, does it go uh, Cronenberg? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh God. Uh, oh jeez. So, yeah, and it's um, I was um, uh, Alexander Skarsgård, isn't it? That's isn't the one. It? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're on like a retreat, and it's got Mia Goff in it, who's uh, who is oh, in nice. Pearl. Yeah, uh, you know, an ex, um, and um, she's becoming a bit of a big deal. Yeah, and she's she's fucking balmy in this as well. But <laughs> okay. yeah, I'll, I'll just say like they, they 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 go to this island. It's got some strange laws, and they get into a bit of trouble, and then it all just sort of goes a bit nuts. Where there's a, uh, it's all about sort of like what could you do if there were no consequences. Oh fuck! Um, and stuff. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, it's very good, and I can't get it out of my head or my top ten. Nice. So that's my number six. I dare say it probably would have. It would have easily been in here for the look of it. We just we just never got around to it, and it's just like, well, yeah, yeah, but no, no. Well, we'll catch it before the end of the month easily. Well, this is kind of the purpose of these this these shows. So oh, yeah, it? it's like this is what you didn't see, and uh, <laughs> and it's like if it's lasted and if it's made it this far then it's kind of worth it, you know? Yeah. So, cool. All right. Uh, so, we're halfway through now. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, let's, we're, let's we're rock up to on. We're top five. Yeah, top five. Okay. My Serious number five, business. Avatar, The Way of Water. Oh, right. See, I this was, <laughs> wasn't this my number one last year? Because... It, it was, yeah. Because it, it, it came out... It's one of those... Because it's weird, isn't it, when things come out just at Christmas, it's like, yeah. I guess, yeah. I mean, it counts. Honestly, it was still in cinemas this year. Yeah, I saw it Most in 3D, everything. It was it was really good. Really good. Yeah, cool. Really enjoyed awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a I big don't fan, know really obviously. what I could say about it. Everyone said everything about it already. I think we've had a podcast on it and stuff. So I'll just say it was really good fun. And it was quite novel to actually enjoy a 3D movie again. I didn't think they still <laughs> existed. So... Well, no one knows. No one else knows how to do them. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It, you forget you're watching a 3D film at some points, but yeah, yeah no, yeah. it was really cool. Um, I even got the kind of horrible sort of thrill ride sickness. You look to the edge at some of these, some of the sky sequences because the focus is so on the center and the outer has a kind of blurring that you don't notice. But because it's 3D as well, the movement speed of it, and I got a bit. It started giving me weird motion sickness. I was like, how are well, they doing that? It's not actually moving, but it's 3D, well, but it's... <laughs> well, they do actually change the frame rate up and down for yeah, different sequences, yeah. um, which at the time when it came out caused a bit of controversy. It wasn't on every screening of it, no. but I, I mean, if you saw it at uh, IMAX or whatever, then you would have, or yeah, whatever, you would have seen that version. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, it was a bit weird. But you can sort of understand why he did it. It was just for the mo- it was for the more sort of busy action sequences because yeah. you end up because it's three D. Um, you do get that sort of jerky jerkiness otherwise that you might have noticed when they watched when they did the Marvel films all in three D and stuff. It was like something a bit wrong with it. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I thought it was ace though. I just think the construction of the set pieces, especially the one at the end where everything's kind of flipping around like mm. in that big ship. Yeah, no, um, I thought it was really good. I actually forgot I was watching it in 3D by the time by the time the last act kind of came through, you're just watching it. and yeah. Which for me has always been a problem with 3D films. It does feel like it, I'm almost watching a diorama. Like yeah. you've got the flat layers and you can see it. It's almost like a theatre production rather than mm. watching a film. Uh, whereas with that, it, was, it actually felt like it had true depth, as did the first one. Yeah, and I yeah. did actually go back and start watching the dials again to see if they got the same feeling, and I did. And I had a little little squeal yeah. of happiness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's silly, but I was just like, that was my that was my gauge on the original movie. Like yeah. if I could if I could lose myself trying to figure out what some of the gauges floating around said, then they've achieved it. And I found myself looking at one going. My God, I can actually rank that out, and then I was like, "Don't, no, no, don't lose the plot." Okay, <laughs> I was just like, yeah. Anyway, a great film, um, so much fun, and I'm looking forward to the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the game's great. Um, my only trouble with Avatar: Way of Water is, um, you know, it didn't really feel like a three-hour film, but yeah. I could have lost some of that, like David Attenborough stuff in the middle. <laughs> you know, when oh, it's, the it's, whale it's, stuff was kind of cool for me. 
like yeah, building, but... building the law of that one whale when he was the outcast, and and it's yeah, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like... all good, but um, it's just I just thought like oh, it's just like yeah. maybe didn't need to have all of that, all of those shots. Really, we got imagine, the imagine the director's cut version then. Oh. We'll see the actual backstory of how he got there. We'll see the day and night sequences where he's just like curling up underneath a sea leaf. <laughs> I think that is. Oh yeah, because there was a director's cut of the first one, wasn't there? But yeah. I think that. I think really he. I think he. I think we. That is the director's cut though, I think of that so. film that it we has saw. To be. Yeah. Unless, unless think... you get like an Avatar house to watch it and just. Well, no one can tell him anything what to do, can they? Because <laughs> he he just prints money for the entire industry yeah. um, he keeps the lights on in cinemas basically that guy yeah. almost single handedly to be honest <laughs> when, I, when the next one comes out I've, I'm going to go see it yeah, I have yeah. to go see it it's, it's like the event movie kind of yeah fuck knows when that'll be though yeah uh, <laughs> um, alright right, so my number five is as much as I don't want to say it The Flash wow yeah so um if I'd yeah, seen the, it, I get the feeling it probably would have been in here. Yeah, it's the only superhero movie on my list, unless we count some honourable mentions later on. Um, but uh, yeah, like really done it for me. Just worked on so many levels. Uh, having um, uh, Tim um, Tim Burton Batman, uh, yeah. what's his face, Keaton, Keaton, having him there, like and. <laughs> With the aid of CGI, moving like he never could. Yeah. In uh, in the in the old Tim Burton Batman's, like that that was just magic for me, like absolutely direct shot to the heart, um, and just some excellent action sequences. Supergirl rocks. I was a bit like, oh, woke Supergirl, you know, but um, she's she's awesome, and uh, and so I take that all back. Um, but yeah, it's all a bit. It, it all sort of takes place sort of in the timeline of. Man of Steel, so okay. it's a kind of a weird sort of riff on that. Yeah, uh, and you're seeing it from different perspectives. There's a couple of like Easter eggs near the end, which were just absolute nerd gold. Like okay. t- we're talking like Hollywood folklore. Oh wow! Um, and stuff that has things that never happen. But what if they did? And uh, yeah, that was just amazing. Uh, I won't spoil it because you still haven't seen yeah, it. So uh, I probably will do. I, I really yeah. want to. Yeah, yeah, I reckon this weekend we'll be catching up with uh, films that we haven't seen thanks to this list. Yeah, well, you know, uh, happy to happy to help. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right then, uh, number four for you, sir. Okay, so oh, I just realised my list is out. Uh, oh God, it is. It's out. Mm. What do you mean? Are they, so are we yeah, I've, I've forgotten how to count. So basically, um, I would say Avatar Way of Water is my... Yeah. Let's see. So how many of... So what, have you not... Have I you, moved them around and I realised I erased one and I've missed out a number. Oh no. <laughs> what an idiot. Um, you know what? Fuck it. We'll just go. We'll just go and we'll just overlap. So you go for your number. Uh, you go for your number four. Right. And then okay. we'll, we'll skip it. And then. All yeah. right then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Avatar's quite a big film. So maybe that's yeah. like. It's a two part film. It's so big. It took up two spaces. <laughs> it's, it's Avatar and it's the tale of the whale. <laughs> yeah. <took> up... <laughs> it's Avatar and the way of water. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. That big whale thing. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think no one noticed. I think that works. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, don't worry. It's fine. I could put Insidious um, the Red Door in, but it didn't make my top 10. So no, I wouldn't. No. Was that a sequel? <laughs> yeah. Came out last oh, year. Oh, of course, Insidious. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a load of them, isn't there? Yeah, a lot. Okay. I think it's like the All fifth right. one or something. Like All right. Well, I mean, we could you could just put that on the end and then bump it. Yeah. Everything up one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Avatar moves up to four. All right. And so, do you want to mention anything about Insidious then? Um, it's it was okay. It was nice visiting the world. It actually drops in behind Megan. Uh, no, actually, it's just above Megan. So it's actually my number nine. It would be. Um, yeah. Right. It's a horror movie. It's nice revisiting the world. It's nice to see all the characters back. And it's one of those ones where it fits in after the whole way that Insidious works. Because Insidious is one of those series where the way that the story interweaves was just 
so good as you're watching all of them. It was almost like almost like watching the old Poltergeist films, how they all just weave into each other. And it was it was really, really cool. So this one is just like a it almost feels a bit like a love letter, like a return to the world, um, an additional story. Not a whole lot of substance to it really. Some spooks yeah. and scares. But yeah, it was it was good. But having watched the trilogy like and then gone into all oh, the new one, um yeah, it wasn't quite on par with the rest. But still really good, really good. Another good one from James Wan. And um, I've yet to see The Nun 2, which would have made this list, I reckon. Um, that, that, came that, out, that came out this year, last year. That uh, that Insidious Red Door, that was actually directed by Patrick Wilson. Yeah, yeah. The actor in, in it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and this based, and Lee Wanell created that franchise who did Saw. Was, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Which is interesting. Cool. All right. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So, Insidious Red Door is your number nine. Yep. Um, and um, so, uh, back, so, we're going to number... My number four. Yep. Because you're up to... You're up... You've done that many. Yeah. My, yeah. In, a, in a sort of Christopher Nolan type order. In a, in a flash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, my number four is Barbie. Nice. No, it would have been on there. I reckon it would have been in there. <laughs> yeah. um, it's quite against all odds, um, really. But I did watch this and I was very impressed. Um, the um, all the entire script is laced with um, double like innuendo and like in you know it, it, it's all got like a hidden meaning. Yeah, it's all sort of very much against the patriarchy or challenging the patriarchy. And, uh, you know, modern standards for beauty. Uh, but the real star of the show, in my opinion, is Ryan Gosling as Ken. Um, there's a musical number slash battle scene that is just so tremendous. I think it will go down in history as one of the greatest sort of set pieces of in movie history. Um the, the song uh, has the likes of Slash playing guitar on it. And uh, yeah, it's just, and, and the whole like Knuff t-shirt thing. Wow. It's all just excellent. Uh, and I can imagine it going right over the head of most of the of the audience that it seems it's intended for. Yeah. Um, but I think... Which Eddie is a double irony because it's breaking expectations again, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um but yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think the fact that it came out uh, on the same day as Oppenheimer and not only held its own, but was the biggest movie of the year by quite a margin um, is just, just unbelievable, really. And I think it really does show that we're, we're kind of, I think audiences now are kind of, aren't just going to fucking accept no. all the latest, the, you know, the, the, all this shovelware, basically, yeah. that, that despite this being based on a huge IP, there's sort of an irony to it that it's yeah. such an intelligent movie. like, um, And I hope Hollywood takes the right lessons from it, really, and doesn't just, like, churn out more toys stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I think, you know, good, good on them. Uh, this is one for the girls, really, but I, I think I'm, I enjoyed it too. Uh, so, yeah, brilliant. Uh, Greta Gerwig I'm, I'm, can do no wrong. I'm expecting the uh, Barbie-verse to become a thing where you'll get Cindy <laughs> as well. And you get Cindy versus Barbie, one will fall. Well, that'll be like the, that'll be like the lock stock kind yeah. of version of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Brit, the British uh, version. Yeah. The brats going around just mugging people in Nally. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cool. Um, right, uh, wow, that was so right, many cultural right. random references there. <laughs> just like. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is uh, right. Number three, then. What's My number, number three, three is uh, the Further Adventures of Mister Week. John Wick, uh, chapter okay. four. Okay, uh, this is in my top three as well. Yeah, for good reason. John Wick, chapter four. Ah, uh, my yearly, my my pilgrimage. Every time one of these comes out, me and Sue's, we take ourselves to the cinema. We sit in reverence of the one. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's I really so enjoyed it. Uh, even even excluding the Hotel Miami, the Hotline Miami part, and other bits and oh, pieces, so there were so many that that stair fall. Oh my god, I still feel it. Like I watched the the second one, and and it's like he he when he takes out the um he goes to Rome and he takes out the sister the one on the uh the high table the sister of the guy he's got the ledger with 
Um, oh yeah, Santiago. I can't remember what name. Carl, oh. Carly, whatever the names. Yeah. But and then he he fights the bodyguard, and they hurl themselves down the stone stairs. Oh. And and you know you could try and dress it up. You could probably put some matting down and put dust over it to try and cover it. You would spot that from the camera. They're just yeah. hurling themselves down these stone steps. And I'm just yeah. like wincing going, how these stuntmen have not hurt themselves. God bless stuntmen. And then you just see this, this fall in the fourth where he's just, he, he he's just going on a marathon, but he's tumbling. Yeah. <laughs> he's just falling. <laughs> it's like, what? And then it's just like the film just stops while he's falling. And he's just still going. And you're like, yeah. Oh, that's beyond ouch. On top of everything so far in the film, he it has to endure this. It goes on for so long. I know. <laughs> and he's just like, and you're just feeling it going, that, that's just, ow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. No, I've really, really, really enjoyed this film. Um, I've really enjoyed this franchise so far. And, I've just yeah, I I just think it's one of the it's one of the coolest action sort of franchises to come out of Western cinema for a long time. That genuinely cool. Like the feeling of it. It it feels like it has the spirit of old sort of like Hong Kong cinema where it was you know, it, it didn't have any mirror to hold itself up to, it got away with crazy shit, you know. Like early Jackie Chan, he had to stop a bus. He ran down the side of a mountain yeah. <laughs> to yeah. stop a bad guy escaping in the bus. You know, the kind of things that got them all blacklisted from insurance because they would just hurl them. So they'd be like, we need a bad guy to hurl himself out a window. How do we do it? I'll just hurl myself out a window. Yeah. <laughs> stop man hurls himself out the window. They film it. It feels like that. a hark back to those kind of films that absolutely love it for that. It's just... It's just so nice to see something like this doing so well. And everyone's just embraced it and gone, yeah, John Wick's is fucking cool. The whole world, the Continental, all of it. Well, yeah. God rest its soul, the Continental. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you watch the TV show? Uh, no, I, I started it. I, I had to stop it. It felt, it didn't quite gel with me, but I'll, I'll go back and give it another go. It was all right. It's like three sort of one, 90 minute movies. Yeah. It kind of builds... Um, yeah. okay. and Mel Gibson makes a good villain for okay. obvious reasons but yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't like it's you know, not it's, required viewing it's just it's not yeah. listed it's not listed anywhere so it's an um, optional extra um, it hasn't charted in on my year but uh, more on that later or next episode um, <laughs> but yeah uh, no I think that, you know this does seem like a bit of a conclusion for John Wick but there will be spin-offs there's a ballerina thing coming out starring the girl that's in it. Yeah. Um, I think that's supposed to be out this year, but um, I don't think there's a release date. But no. um, I think they, I, I mean, it, it doesn't, it's not a complete ending because this is the John Wick universe, obviously. Uh, stranger things have happened. But I kind of feel like um, Keanu's going to kill himself making these movies. Like, <laughs> this is going to become his Mission Impossible, isn't it? Yeah. So what's like, Keanu going to do next? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just like how he's he's cracking on a bit, you know. And yeah, I, I mean, I had, I'd like him to keep doing it forever, but yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't know quite how you follow this. It was just no. so epic, absolutely. They really threw just, everything at it. I, I still know? have chills in my head when I just remember the line consequences and then, and then yeah. <laughs> yeah he, but he and that, that says, just like that still sits red free in my head yeah <laughs> just, oh i'm gonna have to watch all these again so. oh yeah <laughs> what a crazy series to think where it came from fucking like love that it. simple little movie yeah. and yeah. it's just it's just escalated <laughs> <laughs> exponentially yeah all right, <laughs> yeah. All right. right. Uh, so my number three is um uh, leave the world behind and I've only really I had to find one that I quite like because I couldn't have Barbie and Oppenheimer I'll oh, spoil it I couldn't have them both together so my number three is leave the world behind um, which okay. is the new film that came out on Netflix just before Christmas um, directed by the dude who made Mr. Robot and oh, wow. and based on a book that was optioned by a certain Mr. And Mrs. Obama. Uh, so they produced this. Uh, and yeah, Sam As uh, was the director. It stars Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke, 
and someone else whose name I can't really pronounce. Um, oh, Kevin Bacon's in it. Mm. <laughs> um, basically, like uh, Julia Roberts and Ethan, Ethan Hawke are a couple and they rent a house out to get away. It's like a lovely house um, just for like a weekend with their daughter and their son. Um, and they're there for the first night and then there's a knock on the door and Mahersha Ali comes in and goes, oh, I own this house. Do you mind if we stay? Um, all of a sudden there's like reports of um, like Netflix isn't working. Uh, there's bad phone reception. And then uh, it just sort of becomes apparent that there is some kind of event occurring mm. and they're, and it's all about how isolated you would be in the event of a terrorist attack on the inf- our modern infrastructure, basically. So it's kind of a little bit of a chamber piece. You know, there's, there are some massive set piece like sort of moments, but uh, for the most part, it is a bit of a like, you know, people in rooms talking about, you know, oh, what the hell's going on? Um, so it's quite, it's quite, cool like that but yeah it's a great movie and uh it's got a pretty bleak ending uh that a lot of people have complained about leaves a bit of a bad taste in your mouth but i think that's the entire point Hmm. uh it's got a message so i think uh, the book uh of this was quite popular uh in lockdown and uh and and it preys on a lot of the fears that i think people were feeling at the time so it might not be to everyone's taste but i i really enjoyed it so that's my number three Right, we're getting, really getting into it now. What's your number two then, mate? Uh, my number two is um, going back to the feeble of animals and uh, and their suffering and their triumphs over adversity and everything else. My yeah. number two is Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3. Oh, right. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah. I don't know. Something about it. It just, it, it, it actually made me tear up. Not just, yeah, not yeah. because of the rocket sequences, but not just, I mean, obviously I did for those because, you know, you got to have a heart. <laughs> Um, yeah, it just made yeah. me feel like it was still possible. Like you know, you got James Gunn; he's leaving the Marvel world. This is his this is his swan song. He's going off to run partly run DC. This is the film that, by all rights, those equations means it gets thrown under the bus, and it doesn't matter what happens to it. So, what yeah. does he do? He looks at the second film, and whilst the second film was a good solid film, it did have some little bits of criticisms. So wasn't as good as the first. And in my opinion, he makes a film that's even better than the second film. Yeah. And essentially creates probably the perfect Marvel Cinematic Universe trilogy. Yeah. I, I can't think of any other any other character franchise. Civil Probably Captain America, because the first one was a little weak, still a fun film. Winter Soldier was amazing, and Civil War was good. Yeah. I can't think of any other Marvel Cinematic Universe ones where all three films I would happily watch over and over again. I think the only thing with Captain America is that um, it, it, it wasn't a consistent directing team, was it? Yeah. Or writers. No. I Whereas think this feels a complete the, unit. That, yeah, like um, this Winter Soldier and Civil War was the same. Yeah. And that they feel of a piece. Yeah. Uh, along with the Avengers, obviously. But, the first um, one is a bit like the Dirty Dozen, sort of, uh, with um, a bit of train heist. Yeah, um, it was like the Rocketeer director, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, and it does feel a bit like that. Yeah. The kind yeah. of the fantastic element of the uh, the Red Skull and stuff and everything, all that with a really oversized car and everything, you know. Yeah, now you said of- that, actually. Yeah, it makes sense. It kind of works as well, though, because you kind of need um, that. It's such a different tone to yeah. the modern day stuff. Because and, it, and I feel, I still think it works. Yeah, I think I think it works because of that as well. It is but, of an old era, so you go to old era fantasy sort of thing. You know, yeah. almost like a Captain Nemo's ship and everything else, two thousand leagues. Because yeah, like you said, it's a completely different time. If if he was yeah. in the Victorian era, it'd probably feel more like a Sherlock movie or something. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you though. Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely up there. Um, it's definitely the most consistent of the trilogies um, in the MCU. Yeah, and it, it just it just left me like, feeling so good. Yeah, like, it's like a second. <laughs> it's kind of a second goodbye as well to that golden age um, mm. of the MCU, which I don't know if we'll see again. Or you mm. know, we need a new one. You know, like I really want the. Um, I'm really excited about or I'm. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm 
cautiously optimistic that they're you know they're gonna give they're gonna have a like a real proper second coming with like the x-men and the fantastic four hopefully but that's the thing i kind of feel like to watch this you could really just watch guardians one and two infinity (laughs) infinity war and infinity um oh god what's the other one how have uh, I forgotten it? End, end, end game. game. That's it. Yeah, uh, Infinity War and End Game, and then watch Guardians Three because that sums up the consequences and everything else. It's like the smallest. It's got the smallest trail footprint than all of them because they meet up with four during the events of End Game and and everything else. So that kind of you know you get a sense that he hung out with them for a while. Um, mm. You get a sense of that. You get the whole thing with Gamora. You get all that kind of thing, and you get the how you know. And how um, it will do all the other people join them and everything else, and it's just yeah, I just feel as though it it's one that almost sits happily trailing the edges, and then just dips in for that big event, and then kind of just happily dips back out, and I just feel it's so cool that it can do that because it gives you the biggest <laughs> the biggest film in the franchise as a kind of event. It's almost like the event for Guardians. It's a self sufficient. Uh, yeah. series but that's what I mean. it, it doesn't it, need the mcu you know no. it's it's fine in its own little corner um, yeah. but it but it works so well with it um, I mean, it, it, yeah it gets impacted by it because everything needed to be but it's uh, not defined by it no um no Which, definitely not yeah so, no uh, I'm yeah. Glad you, I, it's it's in my notable mentions i think it, maybe had it had it come out had i seen it more recently it probably would have been in there it would have been my number one yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Well, uh, we're nearly there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, as I hinted at uh, blatantly not long ago, my number two is Oppenheimer. Mm. Um, it's just basically, it's his Oscar film. You know, none of the other. He's been working in genre most of his career. Um, I, maybe the Prestige is about as close, but that's still pretty sci-fi, isn't it? Um, but this is like proper historic story, told in his way. I mean, there's not one second where the music isn't like charging, despite it, it. So even like the most sort of like standard people talking in offices, which a lot of the film is basically, but it's got a propel a propulsion to it uh, in the same way all of Christopher Nolan's films does. Cillian Murphy's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. just got the Golden Globe, whatever you think they are, um, or whatever you think of them. Um, <laughs> but he just got that, and that's normally a fairly. I think he's probably going to be in quite a lot of nominations going into uh, awards season, I am. I would expect uh, this is going to get quite a lot because he, he got, Christopher Nolan got Best Director for this as well um, at the Golden Globes at the weekend. So I hope he wins everything else, really, because yeah, it's I about think... fucking time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's obsessed um, with time. So, yeah, it's about time, I think. Yeah, <laughs> Just be... quite. Um, so my number one... Is uh, ironically, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, my number one, ironically, is linked to that film. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In some way, in very much way, because it follows on from the events of World War Two, and it is Godzilla oh, minus of one. Of course, of course. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah. it's hard to believe. You think I know. You immediately think monster movie, but. This is essentially a World War Two drama about characters in a town or and Japan, but generally it focuses more around a certain sort of city and area, who then have to deal with <laughs> fucking insanity. <laughs> yeah, it's oh god, it's so good. Like yeah, I, heard- I, I don't mean this as a kind of I, I mean. There's lots of articles of people foaming at the mouth and all that. I'm not going to do the whole thing of, oh, it's kicking Hollywood's ass and all that. You know, the clickbaity article shit. I would just say that it is a really well-written drama. The characters you genuinely care about, which is very rare for like a monster film, where normally the characters kind of get in the way in their vehicles for pushing the plot along. Yeah. Um, you genuinely care about this. Um, it, Without spoiling anything, really, it starts off with the main character and you see his plane land on an island. And it's a Mitsubishi Zero and, it, you know, and he's still got the bomb attached underneath. And you realise 
you know, if you've got any inkling of World War II, you think, oh, he's a kamikaze pilot. Is he stopping yeah. to refuel? He gets out of the plane and he is shaking like a motherfucker. Mm. And you realise he's a failed kamikaze pilot. The engineer goes up and it's it's subtitled. It's in Japanese. Yeah, yeah. So it's not dubbed and it's a pure Japanese film and it's own pacing. And it's just, he goes up to the pilot and he's like, you know, the crew go, there's nothing wrong with the plane. And he walks off to the cliff and he goes, there's nothing wrong with the plane. And he goes, what are you, what are you, what are you implying? And he goes, we need more people like you. And that little sentence in itself is written in such a way that, you know, you get a lot of films that try to be anti-war and everything, but you don't need to beat people over the head with it in clumsy writing. Just phrases like that. And you get the other bits where they talk about the Japanese government sending people off to war with tanks with no um, no armour because it didn't matter as long as they took out people. And, you know, they didn't feed them and everything else. It was just crazy. And the information control throughout the whole film is littered with quite interesting what it was like for the Japanese people living on that side. Because you very well get the narrative that they're all just crazy and they needed to be nuked. And that was like the footnote in history at the time. They went a bit mad and they needed to be kind of stopped. It's a very horrible way of looking at it, but that is essentially kind of how history footnotes it and justifies the use of the atomic bomb. Um, It's crazy because you don't see like the atomic bomb or anything like that. It's, it's mentioned it. It's more about general bombing. So he goes, he eventually makes it back home and his house is gone apart from one room. The entire town is just flattened. It's just like, you know, debris, everything. His neighbor comes out. And the first thing she says to him is, my kids would be alive if you'd done your job. (laughs) And you're just like, Jesus Christ, you forget you're watching a a Godzilla movie. Like just before this happened, you still see like when he, when he's on the Island, you do see the first attack of Godzilla and it's like, you know, it's smaller and it's just vicious and it murders everyone on there. And it's just brutal. And it's actually chomping people in half and everything. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not a nice Godzilla. This is, this is taking Godzilla away from, um, the force of nature like the Hulk and putting it as an act of God as in get out of its way or it will murder you. Yeah. <laughs> Weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, it is literally just, it's a metaphor for just death. Add a law into itself. Yeah, it's just like, precisely. Yes. However, it's really cool because there's some bits about it, like normally Godzilla is super invulnerable and everything. This one can get damaged, but it heals. Right. So it's it's almost like the first unique one. The CG in it is so good. So good. There are some yeah, shots they, where I'm wondering where they're practical, but they're not. <laughs> yeah, they didn't spend too much money on this either. No, well, like they, they didn't officially spend too much money. 15 million, but I'm sure there was a probably extra 5, maybe 10 million That's in nothing. there. That's nothing. I know, exactly. But For a monster just, movie. Yeah. But man, it's just insane. Um, everything probably... about it. I, I I know you're not a huge fan of these films, but I would no. say as a drama. But with when you watch it, it's just insane. No, I'm so How... I'm so completely. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to watch when, this when it comes out. It will probably be on Apple TV or something like that. Yeah, because I've, I've, I've just to... got my trial. Um, I just clocked in my three months trial, so I've been starting to enjoy that. Yeah, um, yeah. some good shit on there. Yeah, fuck me. I, by the end of it, I was like, this film is definitely going to go on Blu-ray. Um, I'm definitely getting this on Blu-ray, and it's definitely going to be a film that's... Oh, fucking... I can't really I can't really go... It's, it's too new. I won't go into spoilers on it. No, um, I want to see it. I really... It's, I, I definitely <laughs> want to watch it, so... Yeah, it is, it is just crazy. It feels... Yeah, it is, it is a pinnacle example of Japanese cinema in terms of post-war drama. Yeah but they have to deal with a fucking monster as well. And then it kind of goes a little bit kind of silly in some ways. It, it, so they somehow, without any spoilers, they somehow managed to put every element of every typical Japanese Godzilla film into this film. Right. Without it being too hokey. <laughs> cool. Um, it's crazy how they've managed to achieve it. Anyway, it's my film of the year. Um, and I just think it's a, it's a, it's a massive achievement. Um, and I'm glad I got to go and see it on the IMAX because I thought seeing one of the biggest creatures that beats the shit out of things on one of the biggest screens in the country just had to be done. 
and yeah, I went I to look no at regrets. <laughs> I went to look at it. Uh, I went to see if it was on at Everyman, but it's not. No, it's, like, it's, it's got a very limited already. run as well, which I think is a shame. But yeah, because I think yeah. it would just it would just do so well if it got a, a worldwide big release. It would just it would just absolutely knock it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, I will try and catch it as soon as possible, and I'll sit really close to my television. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, or if you've got the options to get to make the subs bigger, <laughs> just like. <laughs> yeah, totally. um, yeah, cool. Uh, I'm glad to leave it on that, really, because um, yeah. my number one is John Wick Four. Nice. Um, for all the same reasons that we were going on about, just a special, just a special extra mention to the uh, the bit where it goes hotline Miami. On our asses cool. <laughs> uh, with a fire-breathing shotgun. Oh my yeah. god! Nothing at all has topped that this year. That's why it's my number one. <laughs> um, until Godzilla, I see, I see that. But yeah, really, really, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Honestly, um, I've just heard so many good things. Thanks for listening to the Not Watching Podcast. You can email us at notwatchingpodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet out or follow us on Twitter at notwatchingpod. And if you like what you've heard here, please do leave us a review. Anyway, that's all for now. Until next time, stay safe out there. I was going to put an honourable mention for Rebel Moon on for the films, but I couldn't be bothered. You haven't wa- <laughs> have you watched that? Yeah. Oh man, I I I really oh man, I was I was worried you were going to mention that. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, shit, I, 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 isn't it? It's it's so it's it's like it's Star Wars. It's I, I thought that these it's a rejected I, Star Wars pitch. Yeah, I know, and it feels it. Like one of the characters even has like Sith lightsabers, but they're they're heated up swords. And Charlie Hunnam doing a weird accent. I'm like, oh yeah, he he's trying to be Irish, but not Irish. But he, he doesn't last long, so it's like I yeah. heard that on the on the Komodo Mayo show. I heard a clip mm. of that, and yeah. I was like, well, that saved me two and a half hours. Yeah, no, he doesn't <laughs> last long. He's not in it for long. So <laughs> okay, uh, um, there's there's part two of this. Um, yeah. And I didn't realise that. I thought it was just like a one-off. And uh, they're doing like these longer cuts of it as well, of course. This was this was the one that was advertised at the Game Awards, wasn't it? It was. Where, we, where I thought it was basically going to be like his version of Dune. It whereas was... now it's like his version of Wish version of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, mate, I just heard horrific things about this so I'm not it's boring. going anywhere I mean, near it yet. we were watching it and um, we just stopped it because I realised I was playing with Indy rather than watching it I'd actually got off the sofa and was actually playing with the dog and then we stopped it and there was still 50 minutes left <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I heard um, I heard my, one of the reports I heard was that it took someone uh, six days to watch it because they kept falling yeah. asleep yeah. I mean I might use it actually because I've been having trouble uh, getting off to sleep yeah, uh, just put it in your ears. I'll just I've whack, it on, my the, recording whack it on the iPad and I'll just like watch that and then I'll just fall asleep. I realize I've still got my <laughs> recording going. <laughs> oh, have you? Oh, I, well, you can, I mean, so have I. Yeah, cool. Okay, we need to be little outtakes, piss takes of the year. <laughs> <laughs>